I have two, Otter Creek and Pine Top. Otter Creek for all the fun competitors' parties and dancing on the picnic tables and Pine Top for the cross country. Sounds like I need to get the Otter dancing Creek. Dancing on the picnic that tables. Is there a weight limit on them picnic tables? <laughs> Hell no. Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast. The show for eventing fans, by eventing fans. If you listen to the show, you know how much we love Main and Tail. So Main and Tail is going to be at Land River, Kentucky with a booth, Karen. Yes, they are. They're going to have all the products. They're going to have their super knowledgeable and friendly staff there to, to help assist everyone in picking out just the right shampoos and grooming products for their horse right amazing amazing team there they have an amazing team that's one thing that sets those guys apart is they have this really small group that travel around the shows and we're talking from the owner on down camera <laughs> right. these are not just you know these are really not <laughs> right. everyone's been there for years and years and years they're fantastic you might be talking to devin himself the owner you know what more I mean? than likely yeah, <laughs> so you're probably going to talk to Devin, or you'll see Ashen, or you'll 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 see Karen. You'll see all of our friends over there. Karen. Yes, they're wonderful, wonderful people. Wonderful. So if you have a question about your horse's grooming needs, go find Mane and Tail. Follow us. We're going to tell you exactly where the booth they're at, and ask your questions about grooming, and they will help fit you up with the exact Mane and Tail product to fit your horse's needs. Right, Karen? Right, and tell them Rob and Karen from Major League Eventing sent you. April showers bring May flowers. Yeah, keep your horse dry this rainy season with the Rain Turtle by Turtleneck. Like all turtleneck blankets, they have the patented stretch features that fit your horse in all the right places. The blanket comes with a free spare parts kit, including the belly straps and rear leg straps. And an extra detachable fleece collar. And you also get a waterproof off-season storage bag. Yeah, the Rain Turtle has a three-year waterproof warranty, so you know if it lasts that long, you might need an extra part here. Mm -hmm. So the three-year warranty, it comes in sizes 62 to 86, and it comes in a two-piece also. Mm -hmm. So the two-piece is the rain sheet plus a liner. Yes. Comes in two different weights. Mm -hmm. And the three-piece has the sheet, the liner, and, and a neck protector. And the neck protector. So, for more information for sizing temperature guidelines, go to turtleneck.biz and order yours today. Fairfax and Favor is coming to Kentucky. Everyone always hears me talk about how much I love my Regina boots and how comfortable they are. So why not go to Hound and Hair booth number 17 and try on a pair for yourself? Yeah, so in the trade fair booth number 17, Hound and Hair is going to have all of your effects and favor selection there, Karen. Yeah, the boots, the belts, tassels. tassels. <laughs> of course, the tassels. Of course. So uh, now we have it on good authority that Marcus and Felix, the owners of Fairfax and Favor, are scheduled to be there, Karen. That's exciting. That is super exciting. So when you go there, meet Marcus, meet Felix. Tell them that Robbie Karen from Major League Eventing said hello. Yes. Who knows? Maybe you'll see us there too, Karen. Yeah. I know you'll be shopping there. You'll be there. <laughs> I will. I will. And then we have a really big reason for everyone to come by the Hound and Hair booth at Lane River, Kentucky, Karen. Yeah, we're going to have a Regina boot giveaway. Yeah, so bring your friends, bring your family, and enter to win your very own pair of Reginas at the Hound and Hair booth, number 17, 
and win your own pair of Fairfax and Favor Virginias. When it comes to insurance, there's only one person to call to cover all of your insurance needs. Whether it's for your horse, your farm, your home or business, Trish Scott has you covered. Her number is 484-319-8923. Trish was a guest on the show just a few weeks ago. and We were talking about insurance. And after talking to her, it really got me thinking, I am not fully insured. I got insurance, yeah, but I'm not properly insured. So think about this. Do you have tack? Is your horse insured? Is your trailer insured? Do you have rental insurance? If you teach, do you have insurance in case someone gets hurt while you're teaching them, whether on your property or off? These are all some serious, serious things to think about. If you have any questions about if you are properly insured, just give Trish a call at 484-319-8923 to discuss your plan and she'll look it over and she'll tell you if you're properly insured. So give her a ring, 484-319-8923 and tell her Karen and Rob from Major League Men sent you. Triple Crown Feed. Oh, Karen. yeah. Triple Crown. Big fans of Triple Crown Feed. They have a t- tons of, of great products out there. Mm-hmm. Premium stuff. Karen, what do you got to say over there? So Triple Crown has formulas that are tailored to your horse's unique needs and help support immunity and gut health. Find your local Triple Crown Feed dealer by going to triplecrownfeed.com. TripleCrownFeed.com. That's a little bit of a tongue twister. TripleCrownFeed.com. They have a great feed locator. They have yes. a great feed com- comparison tool on their website. I encourage everyone to get over there. Check out Triple Crown Feed's website. Check out the different products. Check out what makes them so special. And give them a shot, right, Karen? Oh, yeah. Support the people to support the show. I'm Rob. And I'm Karen. And Rob's super excited about today's guest. Karen, this guest is on fire right yes, now. Yes, she is. We have advanced rider Megan Marinovich Burdick. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, yeah, Rob is right. You are on fire. On fire, Karen. Yeah. Recently <laughs> won the three star at Red Hills. We don't usually get like big winners on after. People usually win after they come on the show. We're very lucky that way. But uh, well, she's not done yet. No, that's true. (laughs) This season is just wait. You think you've done good so far in 2022? Wait, now that you're on the show, like you guys are my good luck charm now. Oh my gosh, we're so lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. This is a super cool treat. And uh, we've never met, so no. everyone, hey, look, we're here without a net, Karen. So anyone listening is like, <laughs> we never met, so this is it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, Megan, you're coming to us via Zoom, and we can see you, but where are you coming to us from? I am currently in Aiken, South Carolina for the winter. Nice. Very, very warm today. Oh. Is it really? Oh. That sounds nice. It got cold here. We got a cold snap up here. Oh, no. How long are you there? What's your uh, what's your winter and Aiken season like? How long is that? I normally come down the beginning of February and stay, um, depending on what the horses need. Um, this year I'm staying through Tryon, the four-star long, so a little bit longer than normal, so through the middle of May um, before we head back home to Iowa. Ooh. Oh, Wow. Aiken sounds pretty nice. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. I know Iowa is probably a little chilly this time. I'm sure. <laughs> it was snowing last week when I was at home teaching. So, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Oh, oh man. Yeah. It's like, get me back to, <laughs> get me back to Aiken. 
that's funny. So we're super excited to talk to you. We have so much to to ask. Um, So Karen, what do you say? Yeah, so let's get started. So Megan, can you take us back and tell us how you got your start in riding and then into eventing? Yeah, so I I think horses are in my blood. Um, When I was two years old, my parents put me on a pony at a fair and I started crying and screaming when they tried to take me off. So they bought me a pony ride for an hour. And then uh, ever since then, it was, I want a pony. I want a horse. I want to ride. I want riding lessons. Um, and I think they thought it was a phase. And then I, when I was six, I was finally able to get um, riding lessons at a farm just west of Minneapolis, where I grew up. And it just kind of blossomed from there. Um I remember their friends telling them like, oh, she'll grow out of this or after her first pony, like she'll want to, I don't know, do high school and be interested in boys and parties and whatever. And um, it, I still haven't grown out of that phase yet. <laughs> Not too many kids uh, do. <laughs> oh, like, they're probably like, maybe she'll grow out by the time she's 40. I don't know. Uh, Those people didn't know horse girls at all, did they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so I actually started riding, um, at two barns, um, because the first barn, I could only take one lesson a week. Um, so I, um, another barn down the road was a hunter jumper barn. And I used to sleep over at my friend's house on Friday nights. And I was supposed to have Saturday morning lessons at the hunter jumper barn. And I started skipping my lessons to go clean stalls at the eventing barn. And the trainer called my mom and was like, she's just not interested. Like this is the second week in a, in a row that she hasn't come. Um, and my mom like sat me down and was like, what is going on? Like, I thought you loved horses. And she, I was like, well, I, I do. I just rather like take care of the eventing horses. Like, I don't, I don't want to take the hunter lessons anymore. So I think ever since a very young age, it was very clear that, uh, I think eventing was my passion. Wow. What was <laughs> it about the hunters that weren't, weren't, uh, weren't, wasn't your thing? I don't know. It's just so boring. Like I, like you couldn't ride outside. You couldn't go trail riding. And I like wanted to get on a pony and run bareback and like, I'd jump anything I could find even not on a horse. Like I just jump it myself because I wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, I don't know. It just, there's not enough thrill in it for me. Gotcha. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I just, it's, I just, I, you know, I'm curious. I, I, ha- I never like to get inside someone's head and assume why it was, you know, but so once a week, so then I'm sorry, I interrupted you. So, so then you started focusing on eventing from there. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Minnesota, so it's, you know, not, it has a very good community for eventing. Um, not huge, like the East coast or Florida. Um, and I ended up at a farm called Jackery Oaks and it just sort of blossomed as it kind of does in the Midwest. Um, there's actually a family, the Hund family out of Wilmer, Minnesota, and they started um, a program called the junior development rider program that originally it was Jim Graham and Holly Hep that um, did the clinics there. And like Philip came in and, did a guest clinic. And then now recently, Becky, not recently, she's been doing it for almost 20 years. Um, Becky took it over for the last almost 20 years. Um, So I was able to kind of get in deeper with eventing that way. And I actually went out to Holly's barn, I think when I was 14 or 15 and um, 
got to like go on a trail ride on Lester Piggott. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world that I could sit on a five-star horse. Um, and it, it, I don't know, event thing was like a love at first sight. Um, and then it kind of led into my first working student position, which um, like in a backwards way led me um, to my first or my young rider horse and working with Darren Chacha. Gotcha. Well, who was your working st- like? How, who, did, who did you work with, and, and how did that lead you to Darren? So I worked at a hunter jumper barn. Bet at hunter jumpers. I'm full circle. <laughs> I worked at a hunter jumper barn um, in Martha's Vineyard, which is the little island off of Massachusetts. Um, and the woman that I was working for is was actually a dressage rider, um, and I was there. Uh, what year? I was 15. So like 2005, I think, um, for the whole summer. And at the end of it, she kind of told my parents, you know, she's obsessed with eventing. She'd be a good candidate to kind of go down the young rider path. She just needs the right horse. Cause at the time I, I don't actually think I really had an eventing horse. Um, I can't remember if one was injured or it was something young and, um, I had ridden in a clinic with Darren Chacha in May before I'd left. Um, and so my dad called him and asked if he had any horses for sale. And we made a trip down there that fall. And I was totally convinced that I was going to buy a four-year-old and produce it myself and go to Young Riders in a few years. And um, I ended up with a chestnut tracaner stallion named Ulrich that had competed at the four-star level and uh we went to Young Riders like nine months later. So it's kind of crazy. <laughs> So can we back up just a little bit? How does a 15-year-old go from Minnesota to Martha's Vineyard for a summer job? So we used to go on family vacation there every summer for two weeks. And my aunt and uncle uh, live in Boston. And I there's like no way I could go two weeks without riding. So my parents found the farm was called Pondview Farm. So I used to take lessons there even as an eight-year-old. And every summer, it turned out like the year I was 14, I don't think I actually did any family activities. I think I just went to the barn and hung out. And so that's what they offered me the working student position for the following summer. That's awesome. Yeah. That is so awesome. Funny. <laughs> I think I'm hearing a puppy in the background. Am I hearing a dog in the background? Well, it's Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> a third, very thirsty dog in the background. <laughs> what type of dog? We got to know. What type of dog is that? I got to know. I have two labs, a red one and a black one. Oh, <laughs> love it. Love it. Love the labs. <laughs> we have a lab mix. That was a rescue. Yeah, we so they're good dogs. Um, so, and then we do have our, our Stanley. He's our third host of the show, but he doesn't say much. He's laying down at our feet. Stanley. <laughs> he tends to make a racket every so often. Uh, yeah. So and now Darren Chacha at this time he was probably at his at his at the at the oh peak. he was at his peak yeah so yeah. he had you know just gone to Athens in two thousand four um, he won Kentucky the first year it was the when they ran the two the short and the long or I don't know if they I don't know what they call it. I think it was like the modified five star version um, with windfall. I mean, he was on the top of his game. He had so many students. I would say at the time that besides the O'Connors, he was probably like the premier person to send a young rider to, to produce to the highest level. Um, so yeah, it was a really neat time to be um, 
with him and in that program with you know a bunch of wonderful people. So by this time, your parents were like, "All right, we're just gonna if we're gonna hunt for a horse, we're going straight to the top, going straight to the." Yeah, and it's weird because my parents, like, we didn't really know anything. Um, They didn't know any better um, coming from Minnesota. But I think my dad had talked to him at the clinic, and Darren is a fantastic businessman. So my Darren probably planted the seed back in May. I just didn't know about it. (laughs) That's fine. Now, and you bought the horse. Now, this is, I guess, you're at 15, 15 going on 16 or in that vicinity. Did you then stay with Darren, or did the horse come back with you to Minnesota? So the reason why we decided on, I mean, one of many reasons why we decided on um, Ulrich was Darren thought that after I came down for Christmas, I could um, be more than capable to take the horse home and be safe and be okay. Um, But he's smart and he knows if I come down for Christmas and meet a bunch of girls and everybody's horse showing. And so I ended up flying back and forth. sophomore and junior year of high school almost every weekend in the winter to compete and then the horse would come home like in the spring after the ocala event and i'd be at home with becky holder um or by myself um with the horse and then we'd do it all again the next winter wow and then my senior year i i spent most of the winter down there wow and becky was probably in her prime at that time too i mean yeah wow no she awesome gray horses and yeah it was and, it yeah. was a fun time her yeah. gray horses yeah funny courageous yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very good and then and it's funny because we just had holly on not too long ago yes. too so yes, it's kind of all coming full circle mm-hmm. so we've had everyone on so far except for uh darren we've never mm-hmm. had darren on the show so don't worry no darren don't so maybe, maybe someday we'll maybe reach out to darren. Day. Yeah. we'll see but uh, so now did you from there, uh, you know, you, you have a great story, so I don't want to skip over anything. So you want to pick up the story from from there? Yeah, um, I, I would say the biggest thing, too, is after Darren's accident is what kind of changed a lot. Um, so he had that accident at Red Hills um, and uh, that was my senior year of high school. And I had actually um, planned on moving to England for um, university. So I kind of bounced around a little bit. I ended up at Kyle and Jen Carter's for probably six weeks. And then I was at home alone, basically up until um, I moved to England in the fall of 2008. Wow. And Kyle was probably at his prime too back then. This, <laughs> yeah. You really went to like all the top, top people. It's no wonder, yeah. you know, you had such a strong foundation because you really yeah. you didn't mess around with some junky trainer <laughs> straight to the top. How about that? Oh. I mean, Jen, Kyle's all right, but Jen, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. thank God, thank God for Jen. Jen's amazing. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. We don't need Kyle getting a big head over here, okay? <laughs> That's funny. So, so tell us about, so what the, the, obviously that was your intention was to go to England to study. Was that for the equestrian experience or was it, the, what, what was the reason that you chose to go there? Um, no, it, I think it maybe played a little bit of a role, but I think a lot of people now that maybe go to Europe and do school, they're going more for the horses. Um, I had always wanted to go to college. Um, I didn't know where, um, I looked out in California, Colorado, up and down the East coast, Florida, and I just like nothing really fit. And, um, 
or I'd pick a school and it's like 45 minutes away from a barn. So it's like, that's not going to happen. Um, and then when I went over to England with my dad to look at Harpery, um, I walked onto the campus and it just kind of felt like I was at home and I was like, yeah, this is where I'm going to go. And I, I didn't even think twice about it. I just, it was kind of love at first sight for a school. Um, and it's amazing that they specialized in equestrian and a lot like it was a sports college. So rugby, football, netball, and then agriculture was the other big part of the school. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of, I mean, it, not that it was an added bonus cause I definitely did pick it because it has an eventing background, but, um, I say, yeah, I wanted to go to school. It, that kind of wasn't a question in my mind. And my mom has always said knowledge is power and you, no one can ever take it away from you. So I've always wanted to go to school. Yeah. Now, did your horse go with you? He did. did he? <laughs> yeah. And like at, at Hartpree, the horses live on site. So I could see him from my bedroom window if he was outside. Oh, nice. That's pretty yeah. slow. Yeah, pretty cool. Now, being an American over there and riding, like, did you uh, did you feel accepted? Did you feel like you had to prove yourself as an American, or was it just you were just another student, another kid? Um, no, I don't. There's no. I mean, back then, like, like I think Eventing Nation was just starting. Um, you know, Instagram didn't exist. It was just sort of Facebook. Um, and so there was no pressure. Um. Jules Stiller, or now Karan, she was based over there at the time. Um, I actually, after my first um, year at Harper, I ended up basing with Ann and Nigel Taylor at Aston the Walls. So Ann being an American um, and part of my undergrad, I had to um, like shadow someone. So I actually got to shadow a lot of uh, the U.S. team calls and hear that sort of side of it. But no, I never felt like you weren't accepted because there's so many different nationalities of people that are living there and competing there. Um, and I, what I think I've like fe felt left out on is when all of my friends were going to the, um, young rider Europeans. And I was like, Oh, I want to go back to young riders again, but I'm not going to fly my horse to America to do an event and then fly him back over here. So I think that's, maybe where I felt a little bit left out, but then I was like, you're going to Barbary next week. <laughs> like young riders doesn't matter. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, you were getting coached by some top, like, like Captain Mark Phyllis was coaching. Was that part of the school program or can you tell us? No. So a part of the school program, the elite Academy was taught by um, Nick Burton, who is a judge. Um, and he comes to Kentucky and judges, or he's at badminton and Burley. Um, and then Jeanette Breakwell was a coach at the time. Corin Bracken was a show jumping coach. And then Carl Hester used to come in quarterly to do um, dressage lessons for all of us and try to teach us how to actually ride on the flat. <laughs> um, so that was through the school. And then I was based with Anna Nigel. So I rode with Anna a lot. And then, um, my last two years when I was doing my master's degree and had started my business um, is when I started riding with Captain Mark Phillips. Gotcha. And your your so your 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 degree is. Can you explain your degree? Because I didn't quite understand the the. Yes. So it's uh, the title of it is equestrian sports science, and so we studied both human and equine nutrition, physiology, um, biomechanics kind of everything. Um, there was also a little bit of coaching in there for the human side. 
And then in England, you have to write a dissertation for your undergrad um, to make it an honors degree. So my undergrad dissertation was, uh, the title of it was Why Quit When You Have Gold? And it was about um, young riders giving up equestrian sports after they've already won a young rider individual or team medal. Wow. Hmm. That's very... Wow. Uh, I haven't read that paper. I would love to. That'd be fantastic. Could we publish that paper again someday? Could we we put that somewhere? (laughs) I should. (laughs) And do you think that it holds up still today? Like with today's... Oh, yeah. Wow. Because that is true. It happens a lot. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. In a nutshell, could you tell us what your thoughts are on that? Um, It's all about athlete identity. And um, they, a lot of kids, the pressure of being an elite person um, changes their true identity and they want to change their identity. So they want to go and experience other things. Wow. And a lot of parent pressure. I would say 90% of the kids said parent pressure. Really? Which is really sad. Yeah. So you interviewed actually these riders who won gold or really did really well. You interviewed them and then got their inside. Yep. So it was, um, Americans, Irish, and English writers that were under the age of 25 at the time had won a medal and had already quit riding. And they were dressage riders, show jumpers, and like they're good riders. And one of them was actually, she was from Hong Kong and she had the whole governing body backing her and paying for her horses at Hart Prairie. Like it, they had big sponsorships behind them and they just said, I, this is not who I am. Wow. So. Wow. Well, there we go. Well, you know, that's very interesting. Yeah. You know, we, I think a lot of people have recognized that we've even had people on the show talk about that, but mm-hmm. no one's ever like studied it that we know of. Right. Wow. That's really, really cool. Yeah, it is. Man, man, that's a whole nother episode we could talk about. So you're better off not winning a medal and keeping the struggle. Like, is it kind exactly. of like the struggle helps keep you in for longevity? Like, the, is that kind of the moral to the story or um, what, what do you think? Is I the moral don't know. To <laughs> I would say, I think I I should dig it up. Um, unfortunately, side note, my parents' house burned down, so I actually oh. lost the dissertation, oh. um, but I'm sure Mercury has it somewhere. Um, I think it was, it was more about like the pressure that's being put on them and like not allowing them to also still be kids while they're um, being an elite athlete. And I actually watched that movie King Richard recently and how, Venus and Serena's dad was all about them, like going to school and doing other things. I think that model for equestrian, like my mom made me go to prom. Like that's good. <laughs> it's gotcha. good to do things outside of the horses. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, for we sure. get a lot of young riders on and there's a lot of them that homeschooled. Yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, both of our sons, uh, you know, they, they had to go to school. Like our, their school really wasn't open to even letting them, do online do online so it wasn't really much of an option but then you think to yourself you know all right they they had the opportunity to 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 not and i always wonder about that you know Mm -hmm. down the road if you're a professional at 15 years old but you know everyone lives their life we're not here to judge but i was wondering about that and uh very very interesting very interesting well thanks for sharing that so so england so so you said you you got your master's and you started your business could you take us from there Yeah. So I graduated from my undergrad in 2012 and wasn't ready to leave. Um, 
So I started a master's program at Heartfree. Um, so my master's is in sport business management. And at the time I was working for a woman named Tor Brewer, who her family farm is just down the road from Harpery. And it's kind of like everybody in England, like she's jumped around badminton and Burley. And so has her mother. Um, so it's just neat. And she ended up getting married my, during the first year of my master's and she moved about an hour away and she kind of handed me her business. Um, so I took over her business, was doing my master's degree and then working at, um, three counties vet clinic, um, all at the same time. <laughs> and then, um, I actually ended up managing the therapy center at Hartpree my second year of my master's alongside running my business in doing school. <laughs> wow. And you're running a business in England. I mean, the competition there, I mean, there's tons of yards, so that's, that's gotta be huge uh, in itself. Yeah. There, I mean, there's so many horses and it's, um, Nick Burton's mom was actually my first owner. Um, and she lived just down the road from Harpery. So it, it's kind of crazy. It all kind of comes full circle and, but there's so many, I mean, there's wonderful people there that even being an American, they're happy to back you. Um, and wow. there's just so many different opportunities when it comes to, you know, starting a business. I mainly, road for people the vets would send me horses that needed to get sold um so yeah it's just wow. a little bit of everything <laughs> very cool well you made you must have made quite an impression in a short period of time yeah already. right so now what what brought you back to the states and take us take my us visa back. expired <laughs> <laughs> um and i had actually had a problem with my visa as an undergrad um so by what was it? My second year in England, um, I tried to come into the country without my student visa after spending Christmas in Zimbabwe. And uh, the border agency didn't really love that. So they sent me home. <laughs> um, and so uh, I, I was at home, I think, for a month trying to convince the UK government and border agency that I was sorry about all of that and that I really wanted <laughs> back um so thanks to my mom and a lovely lawyer out of new york for helping make that happen um so yeah once my student visa was done on my master's um to stay in england you have to um either you have to work for a company that's going to sponsor your visa or to get an entrepreneurship visa you have to show a hundred thousand pounds in assets and employ two full-time uh, UK residents within the first 12 or 24 months. And I'm just graduating and I had like my horse actually just passed away. So it's like, I had nothing, nowhere near a hundred thousand pounds in assets. Um, my little car was probably worth like 3000 pounds. So yeah, it was, I had to come home. Um, and it was just, it was too hard. I mean, you can only be there for, I think it's like 90 days before you have to leave the country if you're there on vacation. So Sometimes I made that mistake. Still be there, I wasn't right? do it again. <laughs> Sounds like you'd still be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. That's tough. It sounds like their visa, their, their, their visas are pretty, pretty tough. So yeah, I, I, I hear a lot of people, you know, I'm not an immigrant to America, but I hear people kind of like, it sounds like, you know, people try to make it sound like America is like some hard place and these rules are, to, to come in are, are so 
mean, but it's like, that's how the world works. Like, yeah, you gotta have visas. Yeah. Have- it's hard to stay in England. So yeah, I, I think it's probably hard here, but it's definitely hard to be in England. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, for sure. Wow. So, so you come back and now, now, now you basically have to start a business all over again in the States. So could you take us through that and then to where you are, where you're at today? Yeah. So I, um, my mom had actually gotten remarried. So I had a stepdad and five step siblings and some nieces and nephews that, I mean, I had met and loved and, but I felt like I was missing out too. So that was a big reason to move home and they, um, are from Iowa. So I ended up moving to Iowa instead of back home to Minnesota. Um, and that was a big adjustment because eventing at the time wasn't huge. Um, hopefully it's grown now a little bit more. Um, but I didn't have any horses that I brought home with me. I actually had a horse that I bred with Becky Holder. So I took him back and started competing him and I remember coming home and uh, my stepdad and my stepbrothers play polo. So um, I was able to have the, um, his name was Kariba um, at the farm. But like, if it rained, I had to ride down the driveway because you can't ride on the sacred polo field if it's too wet. And I didn't have any jumps. So I found like trash cans that I'd jump over to like practice before going to an event. and I, my dad helped me make a flyer to cold email call people to try to start teaching lessons. And um, what ended up happening is having grown up in Minnesota, I had some connections there. So I ended up driving to Minnesota twice a week to teach lessons, to try to make a living. Um, How so long of a drive is that? Like It's four hours on I-35 straight north. <laughs> Wow. It's very boring and exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Wow. So yeah, so that was 2014 and 15. And um, my stepdad and my mom decided to build an indoor and a barn in Iowa. And it's kind of the saying, if you build it, they will come. So it was finished in, I think, July of 2015. And since then, um, my business has changed a lot and grown a lot and eventing in Iowa has grown. So it's been, it's been an interesting little ride since then. Yeah. Can you tell us about eventing in Iowa? Cause you know, we're, we're up in area two and you know, obviously we're, you know, we think of the California eventing, we think of our East coast yeah, right. and, 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 and area three areas, but can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what it's like uh, in Iowa? Um, I'd say it's like, everyone's a big, family at least i hope they are um there we have one event in iowa that has a horse trial in uh august that runs through preliminary and it's an awesome little event and it reminds me a lot of england actually because you do dressage out on the grass you show jump on the grass like it's like to me it's the old-fashioned type of an event um And I would say a lot of our venues are kind of like that, or they're in state parks. Um, There's a really cool event in Wisconsin called Otter Creek. And they probably have the best footing in the country um, because it's all sandy, but it's hilly and just gorgeous. Um, But it's difficult when you want to do the upper levels. um, And it's, you drive a lot. (laughs) Um, The event in Iowa is about two and a half hours from my house. And that's the closest. And then everything else is, 
five, eight, 10 hours, or you're then in a different area. Wow. So it's a lot of time on the road and a lot of time away from home, which I think my husband gets a little sick of, but yeah. Yeah. wow. So you're really spoiled in Aiken right now. Oh yeah. It's amazing. Like <laughs> I did an event this morning and it's like, Oh, I'm at home. Like, it's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wednesday. And so yeah. that, that's very cool though. And I appreciate this because, um, you know, you're sharing this, but you're also doing so well. So it, it shines a light on your area where you're from. And I hope that this kind of helps to grow. You know, we, we're all about the sport growing, obviously. So yeah. having you out there in Iowa doing it, showing that it could be done. And, and I think that's just so amazing mm-hmm. and fantastic. So I'm hoping that maybe some people that are, we know we have listeners in Iowa and, 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 and Minnesota and think places like that, but, um, I'm just super thankful that, yeah. that that you're sharing that and that hopefully that helps to, you know, you're, you being out there and now tell us about your business. I'm assuming you, you still teach, right? Yeah. So I, it's based out of my parents' farm. Um, and I have anywhere from 12 to 18 horses at a time that are boarded or in training with me. And then I have another 20, so 30, so clients that trailer in for lessons, either weekly, bi-weekly, or once a month, just kind of depending on everybody's work schedule. Um, And it's the fantastic group of people. Like, I don't know how I got so lucky. Everybody is so supportive of everyone from doing your first trot pole to, you know, river winning Red Hills or going to Kentucky this spring. Um, And it's really neat to see the event at home, the Catalpa event. Like we had I don't know, 20 some horses there and everybody's out cheering for the starter people just as much as they're out cheering for the people that were doing the preliminary. So it's a fantastic group of people. I love it. Well, and when you have quality instruction and quality mm-hmm. people riding out there, I think that just helps. That'll just help get more people into this, you know, people that are listening and maybe don't know, okay, there's a coach. We can have a great coach two hours from home. You know, I know a lot of people that'll be happy to travel two hours yeah. for quality lessons. Yeah. And then if yeah. you're, if you're starting people correctly, you know, I think that's so important. We talk about it on the show a lot, you know, for the, for those young people that are going to start and they get a real quality foundation, I think is so important. Yeah, no, it's huge. And, um, I would say the majority of my clients are adult amateurs and the majority of them drive two plus hours to come take lessons. Wow. Well, it doesn't surprise me. Dedication in the Midwest. (laughs) I love it. I I think that's so important. So is it mostly training people? Are you, people bring horses to you? Do you do breeding sales? Like what, what, tell us all about what you do. So anyone that's out there or around the country knows, knows what, what you're doing. Yeah. So I would say the majority of it is coaching, um, riders on their own horses. Occasionally the horse will come in for a month or two of training or I'll catch ride at an event for them. Um, it's changed a lot over the years. So right now it's, I'd say 80% of it is coaching. I have my two personal horses that I compete. Um, and then just depending on kind of who's in the barn and what horse, um, I'll have another horse here or there throughout the season that I'm, um, riding for them, but the majority of it is coaching and lessons versus, um, a ton of, uh, training horses. And can you tell us about your, you, you said you have two competition horses. So t- tell us about these two. So we have an idea. I know you're, you're really doing well. So, so Riviera is a Brazilian sport horse that I bought, um, 
sight unseen off a video from Brazil in uh, 2019. And she is the most magical horse in the world. I'm sure everybody says that about their horses, but uh, <laughs> she is very, very special. And um, her um, breeder has had ridden her through the three-star level or maybe the four-star level. I'd, I'd have to check. Um, and she went to the Rio test event before the Olympics. Um, and it was, I don't know, I got lucky that I was able to purchase her. Um, she was probably not the best show jumper out there, as many people would probably know. Um, so that's how I was able to have her come to the U.S. And then the second horse I have is a coming six-year-old Irish horse um, who's Palomino. And I bought him off an Instagram photo. Wow. <laughs> and- <laughs> He's just unreal. Um, he just moved up to modified. He's going to do stable view this weekend and then um, hopefully two star by the end of the year. Wow. How does that were, were you seeking a Brazilian horse? Like how do how do you get led to a Brazilian sport horse? So I was riding um, with Nielsen Moreira da Silva and Nielsen had groomed Riviera's um grandmother at the world games and the 1996 Olympics. And, um, we, um, long story short, he and I ended up trading horses and the horse I had, he actually passed away a couple of years after I got him from Nielsen. And he, um, reached out to Luciana who bred Riviera, um, trying to help me find another horse. And, um, a lot of people in Brazil didn't want to take the chance on her. So, Luciano let me fly her over here and try her. And then I loved her. And then I wrote him a check. <laughs> wow. 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 Well, here we go. Now you're doing so well. These Brazilians, the price of Brazilian horses are going up right now. <laughs> I think they're going through the roof because yeah. I bought one from auction this fall. And I was like, oh my God, I paid more money for this. Than I was playing. <laughs> Do you know, like what are the Brazilian horses, this Brazilian sport? breed are they are they a german line or irish line the, or, it's, it's, it's a bit of everything um yeah I, it's a good amount of thoroughbred and then normally some uh stallion from the continent of somewhere in europe um gotcha. it, it's a bit like the irish sport horse it's a more that it was bred there versus uh yeah yeah there's a lot of german blood in these irish sport horses these days <laughs> <laughs> They might be from Ireland, but they speak German. Right, right, right. (laughs) That's funny. Well, very cool. And I love to hear the different breeds of horses that are eventing Mm -hmm. and the different breeding. I, or, you know, because it's, uh, Again, you know, you have the whole world at your disposal. And I think a lot of people just get, uh, you know, hyper-focused that I need need this horse. I need an Irish horse. I need a German horse. Or, you know, and here you are um, and you're tearing it up, you know. So that's fantastic. What's the plans for the, for the season for 2022 for, for your top horse there? Um, she's going to do the four start stable view this weekend. Um, and then uh, the four star short at Kentucky at the end of April. And then um, the four star long at Tryon. So, and hopefully we check all the boxes for the next big number. That's <laughs> yes. Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. Exciting. 
Yeah. I'll see you in Maryland. I don't know. I mean, we're, Maryland. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're big Maryland people. I know. I'll be close to you guys, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I can't wait. Like I said, we are very lucky, Karen. Yes, we are. Not you and me personally, oh, but oh, we, yeah. we project the luck. We give all ours away. We're not stingy with our luck. No, we're not. <laughs> the uh, Don't jinx it, though. No, no. I would okay. never think so. I would okay. never think of doing something like that. River's going to win this weekend, right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolute. oh, Absolutely. When you cross that finish line, you're going to be like, damn, that Karen and Rob are right. <laughs> <laughs> when you get interviewed, you got to say, and Karen and Rob. Really yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Give <laughs> it all to Karen and Rob. Just so, hey, and, and when you're in Aiken, where are you staying in Aiken? Um, my family has a farm um, just outside of town, um, kind of right by Full Gallop. So the horses are there, and then we have a house um, right in town, right off of South Boundary. So it's you know one of the most gorgeous roads and yeah. in the South. So we're very spoiled. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, it is a beautiful area. It is the the. Uh, and and a lot of you said a lot of polo on your stepfather's side of the family. Are they doing polo down there as well? Or um, yeah, he used to. Um, we've actually don't have any more polo horses. They're all out with my brother in Idaho, and he and his girlfriend play now. Um, so at home in Iowa, it's kind of sad. There's no more polo horses, and the polo barn's actually being converted into like a car showroom. I guess. Oh. <laughs> Are you allowed to ride on the polo field now? Oh, yeah. And I've been able to jump on it. Too. Ooh, look at that. Oh, look I bet you felt like a little smug the first time you were allowed to jump. And it was like a little oh, soup. But you're like, ah. It was the best. I was so scared to like actually put jumps out there and like make hoof prints on the landing and the takeoff. But it was fun. And he came to watch. So it was great. But it oh. felt good. <laughs> she had her chest puffed out just a little bit that day. Like, yep. yeah. <laughs> For all that time, I wasn't allowed to even breathe on that yeah. field. <laughs> that's funny that's awesome well that's fantastic i'm super excited that 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 we're getting you on and and to hear about your your, you know your story is very unique and where you're from is unique and i just think that it's fantastic for people and inspiring for people who maybe don't come from you know area two or ocala to hear that you can do it and you can make it for sure yeah no you can definitely do it from any area you just kind of have to be determined and have a good support crew at home and yeah. I'm spoiled. My husband is supportive about it and lets me take the dogs and disappear for the winter. Um, but yeah, no, you can do it from anywhere. Uh, poor guys, all home alone. All no, alone. no dogs. Yeah. Alone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Megan, we're going to play quick fire questions. Quick fire questions. And oh quick fire questions is brought to you by turtleneck. Get your premium horse clothing by going to turtleneck.biz. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right, so you know the show. Five questions and strict grading at the end. It's <laughs> tough. All right, so question number one. Who was your favorite rider growing up? Ooh, Holly Hep. Ooh. There we go. We just talked to her. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Man, oh, man. <laughs> it's weird how things kind of come around. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. I mean, I don't want to get off track, but it is weird how we talk to people and all of a sudden like the next guest or two guests later, they talked about them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's so crazy. And we had no idea. So that's really cool. That's funny. All right. Favorite event to compete at. 
I have two, Otter Creek and Pine Top. Otter Creek for all the fun competitors parties and dancing on the picnic tables and Pine Top for the cross country. Sounds like I need to get the Otter dancing Creek. Dancing on the picnic yeah, tables. You Is there a weight limit on them picnic tables? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a big boy. I'm an XL. I'm a 2X. I'm working. We have you. a lot of fun in Area 4. Oh, that sounds like we need a road trip. Karen. Yeah, road trip. Hey, <laughs> All right. Uh, if eventing was not an option, what other riding discipline would you want to pursue? Mm, I think barrel racing. Oh, that sounds yeah. fun. That sounds like We've fun. had that quite a bit lately. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go fast. <laughs> I want to go fast, little Ricky Bobby. <laughs> if you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ricky Bobby, for coming on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you have any superstitions or good luck rituals before you leave the start box for cross country? No, but now, since I won Red Hills, I haven't taken the wristband off. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. That's fresh. That is a I'm yes. Like, I'm, keeping that, I'm keeping that on through try-on. <laughs> is that one of them, like, uh, is it like a Tyvek, like the little, like the papery type of thing? Yeah, it's like just the stupid little plastic thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's good, though. I'm like, please don't rip. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's good. That is a good Between one. that and being on the show, your yeah. luck is... Oh, you're, you're yeah. good. I'm like, maybe this weekend. <laughs> that's awesome. We've never uh, had like a fresh... Yeah, that's a freshie. A freshie. And you haven't done that question in a long time. No, that's I perfect. Know. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So last question. If you could ride any horse, past, present, or fiction, who would it be? Ooh, a venting horse or any horse? Any horse. Um, Vallegro and Fisher Ricana. Mm. Well, you got to pick one. Two. We were very strict, uh, with the, but they're both excellent answers. So, did, okay, well, Vallegro because I used to work with him at the therapy center. Really? I love him. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we got to give her a grade. Then we got to hear about Vallegro. Well, she gets an extra point for the new yeah. good luck charm. Hmm. So we got an A plus plus plus. With a cherry on top. And a star. And a star and a dancing on a picnic bench. Okay, there, there you we go. go. Hey, <laughs> that's one of the best dance. That's one of the best five uh, quick fire questions we've had in, yeah. in quite a while. Yeah. No offense to the past guests, no. but Megan brought it. You brought it solid. <laughs> hey, tell us really quick about this uh, working at the clinic with, with such a great horse. Yeah, so Carl and Charlotte used to bring Vallegro and Utopia in to work on, to work in the water treadmill. So, um, I got to talk to his groom, Alan, a lot and hold the other side of the rain and they'd come in twice a week. So it was pretty cool. And it was right around London Olympics. So mm, right wow. at the top of both their games. Wow. wow. You never yeah. said it's very important for me to be on the horse's back in the treadmill. Never, <laughs> never tried that. <laughs> I wish that'd be so cool. <laughs> so that's as close as you got to actually, you, ha you handled half a rain yeah. or, or, or a haughty <laughs> Very cool. What a special yeah. horse. Does the horse yeah. carry it? I mean, I know that's maybe that sounds dumb, but I, I you know we see a lot of top horses and when they're just in a barn, they're just regular old horses. Yeah. But a horse yeah. like that, you think must walk around no. fancy. No, he knows he's the most special horse in the world. Oh. Like he doesn't, he doesn't put a foot wrong. He walks, he used to walk into the therapy center and I was just like, Oh my God, it's, he's gorgeous. 
Hmm. Wow. And he knows it. And he's so sweet. Like he'll do anything. <laughs> really? Mm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But it just a fancy just walking in on the lead. Still yep. you could tell just, that but still a normal horse, even though he knows it. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. Those are very special things. I know the first time we met some special horses and it's just like, you know, you feel like you're meeting a celebrity for oh, yeah. sure. So. Yep. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. For sure. And a Fisher Ricana, you said the other horse was Fisher Ricana? Yeah. Cause I love mares and that thing is a Kentucky queen. Yeah. She just had a baby. I know. Oh, it's so cute looking too. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I can't well, wait to see that one go in a couple yeah. of years. It's exciting. Yeah. It's exciting. Well, those are two excellent answers, but mm-hmm. Karen's very strict on the whole one answer <laughs> yeah, per right. question. So <laughs> I just, you know, uh-huh. I, I figured I'd get you to it before she snapped. Yeah, right, she be right, very... right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to get on Karen's wrong side with the quick fire questions. No, never. <laughs> oh, so, Megan, do you have any advice for that young rider trying to make it in this sport? I would say work for as many different people as you can. Um, and you can learn something from everyone. And if you're a working student and you think, Oh, all I'm doing is just cleaning stalls or cleaning tack, um, learn the best way to clean a stall and make it the most beautiful stall and clean the tack. So it stands out that maybe that's what helps get you noticed. So you can ride, ride one of the horses. Yeah, excellent mm-hmm. answers. Do you take mm-hmm. on uh, working students? I do. Yeah, I normally take one, one a year, maybe two, kind of just depending on the situation. Um, but my working students are a little bit, uh, they have a different role than I would say most working students. They have a much more hands-on role. They kind of, um, when I come down to Aiken, I don't have a groom with me. So they uh, they kind of take on that role and they get to ride and be a part of everything my working student right now is coming to Kentucky. So I would say most maybe don't get to experience it that way. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Well, you know, that there's different programs for, for what everyone wants to get out of yeah. it and who they want to be yeah. with and, and everything. So I think that's, I think that's really cool. And people are listening yeah. and they're saying, okay, the emails are going to start flooding <laughs> in. Gonna have a wait list for working. Come on in guys. <laughs> uh, and, and so, and, and for this year, like you, you in our, in, in at least the way I've seen it, like this year seems to be everything's kind of clicking. Is that, is this, have, have, have you seen this coming or, or is this like, cause you're, you're recently kind of on my radar and I, I hope that's not, not, I hope that's not taken yeah. the wrong way, but like you're, you know, all of a sudden it's like, wow, here we are. Like you're, you're, you're doing super, super well. Do you think that's something that you knew was coming or, and it's just people, dummies like me that <laughs> are just now recognizing this or. No, I think it's something that maybe I've been striving for for so long. Um, but the partnership with River has kind of, like, kind of, you know, really come together. And um, I struggled a lot going up, growing up, and up until like last year, being afraid of going cross country. And um, I've kind of worked through that fear, and um, it's really fun to go fast. And I think once you start getting closer to finishing on your dressage score, you move up in the placings and um, yeah, people start to recognize you and you, you hear your story. Um, I love giving back. So the little girl at Red Hills, I gave her river rivers uh, ribbon. And I think, you know, that, that helps promote the sport, but for me, it's just giving back and 
and helping kids want to do this someday. That's awesome. Yeah, I nice. love that. The <clears throat> that's that's really cool. So, could you elaborate on that? The the cross country. Uh, so, I mean, you've been riding all these years, and you, you it's it's very brave actually to say that you know you've had cross country nerves jitters. I know most people don't talk about it. <laughs> um, yeah. So after Darren's accident, and then uh, my friend's horse dying um, at Red Hills, I. I would say I kind of shriveled up into a shell, even though I moved to England, competed, you know, did three stars and advanced over there. If you look at my record, I used to always make time and probably finish on my dressage score. And then after Darren's accident up until, I don't know, three years ago, I, I never made time again at um, prelim or above. And I finally, it was, let's see, I'm 32. So it's a 10 year period at least of struggling with this fear and a fear of maybe not being good enough or not ever going to make it. And, um, actually went to therapy and talked about it and I came up with the plan. And, um, since, um, riding river and being on a horse that I really trust, um, it's completely changed kind of my outlook on riding and my outlook on the sport. Wow. And so it's nice not to be scared anymore. It's nice to like be excited to go cross country. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah I, I, I can't say how wonderful it is that you're willing to share that with us. And I, I really appreciate that. Cause I think that is, there's going to be so many people listening that are going to say, Oh wow. Like I struggle. Mm-hmm. I, I think so many people do. And so many people are afraid. And as eventers, that's supposed to be the go-to answer is cross country is your favorite phase. And that's why you do right. it. I think that's part of our identity. Like, as an inventor, you're supposed to be fearless and you're tough and you can handle anything. But I mean, I got eliminated in the dressage at stable view. Cause I forgot my test and I got eliminated at try on cause I had five rails last fall and I've, I've fallen off many times cross country. And I think it's being like open and honest with your feelings. It's only going to help you. It's not ever going to hurt you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, that's amazing. I thank you for sharing that too, because the five rail thing, you know, that's, and the, the forgetting your dressage test, you know, I mean, look, I don't personally event, but I mean, I, I've competed in sports and, and, and uh, you know, and me, I know I, I, that would, that would tear me up inside. And I, you know, to be able to deal with that, you know, that's, yeah. And now here you well, come back, you know, like here, here you are yeah. now really, really doing well. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you guys see me at horse shows, you'll see right before I go in the ring, I kind of panic a little bit, Uh, but I I always have someone there and I always run through the test no matter what, even if the horse is not going well, I'm just like, I got to stop and remember the test. So do you, uh, do you, do you have a sports psychologist that you still talk to, or is it one of these, there's quite a few big ones out there, or is this someone kind of not, not, not so. No, she's not even a sports psychologist. She's like a family therapist that has, um, just changed how I think about things. And I've actually recommended her to a lot of people in Iowa because like she opened up a huge door for me. And I think by working with me, I've opened up a door for other people to work with her. And like, you don't have to always go to a sports psychologist because it's all stuff and it's our brain and trying to figure out how we reprocess things to come out in a positive light versus a negative light. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Megan, that you shared a lot of great stuff, but I tell you, I, I cannot 
tell you how much I personally appreciate that you shared this and we're so open and honest about that because I think that at the end of the day, that's when someone listens to this, they're appreciating it very much. Mm -hmm. And and we like to think that these people that are, that we look up to that are riding and doing, doing really, really well are superhuman. And you just, you know, you said, Hey, I'm human and and I got some help and I just, it's so brave and I'm so thankful. So thankful, Karen. Isn't this wonderful? Yeah, absolutely. That's why I love the more that. open we are, the better it is. Yes, <laughs> for, sure. for sure. So uh, we'll start winding things down. Uh, we always ask about a sponsors, supporters, anybody that you'd like to shout out. Um, you know, um, Kristen Heinkel, who now works for Arion Saddles, um, Perina, and Casey at Stellar um, Equine Sports Therapy, and then um, Hit Air Equestrian. Keep me safe. Gotcha. Very cool. Yeah, Arion Saddles. Uh, we just saw um, um, uh, Emily, Hamill. Emily Hamill just picked up uh, Arion Saddles, yeah. too. It's pretty cool. Um, John Michael or um, Devaku is actually building the saddles. So they're okay. very close to Devaku Saddles. Interesting. Huh. Very cool. To check them out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> last but not least, how do people follow along? How do people, you know, follow what you have going? Maybe contact you if they if they have a horse or if they want to get training or or anything like that. Yeah, um, my website that probably needs to be updated, uh, com or uh, Facebook or Instagram, either my personal page is probably the best, Megan Burdick, or just shoot me an email. It's uh, meganovich at gmail.com, which I can spell that out if needed. But- yeah, why don't you spell that out? Because you, you broke up just a little bit there for a second. So just go ahead and spell that out. It's Megan, M-E-A-G-H-A-N dot Marinovich, M-A-R-I-N-O-V-I-C-H at gmail.com. Awesome. 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 They're going to blow up the Gmail. <laughs> Watch <laughs> out. <laughs> Look out. You know, delete the, delete, delete the uh, old emails because you're going to be blowing it up. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Karen. Yeah, this, this was wonderful. You know, these are just the great, the, I, I, you know, we do the podcast because we're very interested in people and 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 we like to get to know people. And you know what? If you don't have a podcast, you just call someone and say, hey, tell me all about you. They think you're weird. Yeah. But if you say, hey, I got a podcast, you know, it kind of, you don't seem so funny, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, but in seriousness, this is why we do it because mm-hmm. we want to, we, we really want to introduce people and also get those, show that, you know, we're, we're, we're all in this together. We're all human beings. And, and, um, and I just, I can't, I, I can't thank you again enough for your honesty. You're doing so great. Very rarely do we get people like right off of wins I and know. stuff like that. So this is a, a, a two, three, four fold treat for us, Karen. So, <laughs> so hopefully we get to meet you soon. Maybe we can get a road trip to Iowa, Karen. Yeah. Come on out. <laughs> awesome. Let's do it. So awesome. Are you guys going to Kentucky? We are. Yes, we are. Oh, you, well, you'll be there. I'll come be there. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. You'll be there. <laughs> so you're planning on doing the four. That's a four long. Four, the four short. The four short yep. in Kentucky. Yes. See? Man. Perfect. Well, listen, if you see a big old chubby fella and a skinny Stop. little lady running up to you for a selfie, that's us. <laughs> So we definitely got to get a selfie with you. Okay? Meet you guys in person. Yes. 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 I bought a brand new selfie stick, so I can't wait to use it. Karen. Oh God! Watch <laughs> out. Be ready. So awesome. Well, we will see you there, mm-hmm. and um, 
we we just uh we can't thank you enough for being our guest. So best of luck with the rest of the season and just keep keep thank doing you. what you're doing. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please like Major League Venning on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join our community, Major League Venners, on Facebook. Cheers!